0: Welcome back to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Come with me
1: into the waters of conspiracy with Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli.
2: Sam Tripoli.
1: Mr. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. With my friend Ryan Davis. Uh,
3: hi, Ryan.
2: We're
1: I'm the first this gay cause... couple of conspiracy theories.
2: Realm
4: crazy shit. Wake up, Aaron. There's a reptile people everywhere. Hey, man, we hey the man. truth there, dog. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are
2: you ready to get your mind
1: blown? <laughs> Revolution will be podcasted. Yes, and welcome to another fun festive episode of tin foil hat happy 9-11 everybody happy 9-11 and uh joining me as always in the bunker uh is the everybody's favorite off the grid motherfucker mr ryan
0: davis how are you buddy Oh, man, I'm excited more than usual today.
1: Today is a great day. Uh, we've been trying to prepare for this show for a while. So here it is. It's its eleven. Uh We appreciate all your guys' support uh, on everything, man. Your love on the uh, on YouTube, your love on the podcast. Everybody loves the show except for one guy for last episode. Who wasn't happy that uh, we didn't talk enough conspiracy, which I thought we did. Thank you guys for all your support. You guys are loving the t-shirts. Go to shirts dot com. We got some great new t-shirts coming out right now. We had a t-shirt contest
0: that came up, and uh, we basically who won that thing? Yeah, so a total of one hundred and thirty-one votes. We put up three different types of uh, designs, and these was all fan art, so guys that listen to the show, and it was real great. So our winner with seventy-eight votes. Is um, has been uh, you'll look on our Instagram. He was B, the second choice, and his name is at Manuel Daniel. So go ahead and look at our Instagram at Tinfoil Hat Pod on Instagram. You'll see we're going to go ahead and make that shirt design for you. We love it. Keep all of it coming in. Keep it making weird, and you know, thank you so much. We love it.
1: Yeah, dude. Thank you guys so much. So yeah, go check out the Tinfoil Hat Pod on Instagram and on. Uh, Twitter, Twitter is at MadHatter39ers, so join us in that. Uh, You guys can hear us on all platforms, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. If you love our show, please spread the word. Guys, this Wednesday night, I'm at Molly Malone's in Los Angeles with Jason Ellis, Mike... I'm going to fuck his name up. Mike Catherwood? From from uh, Love Lines, Mike Tully, and a whole host of other Jonathan Kite from uh, Two Broke Girls. It's a great lineup. It is this Wednesday night at at eight p.m. Tickets are only ten dollars. Go check it out. Should be a packed house. So let's get into our guest today, man. You got it. All right. Oh, real quick. Uh, I'm going to be in Reno at the end of the month. Reno at the Laugh Factory. So everybody from Northern Nevada, come on out. Go to the laughfactory.com and go to Reno and
0: grab your tickets now. Awesome. Okay. It is with great honor that I get the pleasure to introduce today's returning guest, the host of my favorite podcast, who's been picking apart the power pyramid of the elites brick by brick for years now investigating the conspiratorial realms of fringe, paranormal, and occult topics. His dedication and research into the master plan of our planetary puppet masters pulling the strings behind the scenes is awe-inspiring. That's true, Dr. Zayas. He proposes the question, where would we be without THC? Hopefully he's drinking a little drink and smoking a little smoke. From sunny San Diego, the host of the Higher Side Chats, Greg Carlwood, welcome back to the Tinfo Hat Podcast.
3: <laughs> Thanks for having me. Wow, man. Wow. People give me a lot of credit for intros, but it's just that easy.
0: No, it's not, dude. We worked hard
1: on that, dude. We worked hard <laughs> on that. We knew you were going to come on, so we had to. We had to put it together. Thank you so much, Greg, for coming on. Uh, congratulations on getting married. And uh, I think your podcast is a- a- extraordinary. I think it's the pinnacle of uh, what we do. You, you know, I consider you guys the king. You're the king. You and your uh. wife. And we're the jesters, so we always appreciate when you come on. I think this is your third time, and I think that's the most of it. I think it's you and Eddie Bravo have been oh, on the right. most. Yes, yes, yes. The
3: competition's going. Yeah, it's, really, it's,
1: it's a tough one, but we're really excited to have you on. And obviously yes, today you. is a very interesting day, especially in America, in conspiracies, 9-11. 16 Mm -hmm. years later. 16 years later, the official narrative has not changed. Uh, I'm sure you've done a couple shows on it in the seven years
3: you've been doing. How long have you been doing Higher Side Chats? Yeah, it's been about seven years. And the funny thing about it being 16 years since 9-11 is I'm 32 years old. I was 16 at that time. So it's like right at the midpoint of my life. I mean, I'm living right there on the edge of a post-9-11 world and whatever we had before that I can barely remember. So, it's, so we live in this world where I think,
1: you know, in the world of conspiracy, I like to call us spiritual skeptics. We, uh, mm-hmm. we are skeptic of the official narrative. And in this world, there's two kind of events that people get really angry if you challenge the, the official narrative, and that is uh, Sandy Hook and 9 11 Right and do you, Greg, in your experience, what do you think is the biggest reason why people don't even want to hear that there might be an alternative motive to what happened, that there might be another story that goes on, and why they have an uh, an incredible like reflex to even the thought that something might be fishy?
3: Right, it is. I noticed that same thing too, and I think because the implications are so consciousness breaking. I mean. They destroy your paradigm if you really get into the implications of them being false flags. But I never really got it that kind of attitude, because if I died, I would want people to investigate why I died. If if you find out in two years that Greg Carlwood committed suicide, you fucking better look into that. Yeah, because I would never do that. Or if I get uh, mugged on the street, you better look into who that guy was, because I'm not so sure it was a mugging like it's not disrespectful at all. In fact, it's disrespectful not to look into things and investigate them. Yeah. People can jump the gun and people can kind of muddy the waters. And, and as long as your motives are pure and you really are just trying to investigate things and figure out what's going on, I don't think you should uh, feel bad about that.
1: Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I, I think if you, if you love somebody you want to know, and I can understand, uh, you, you know, maybe maybe not just wanting to go through it again. I just don't want to go through this. And I think that there's something, a couple things. You you always bring this up, Ryan, when we discuss a lot of these things. I think people with children, you were saying how you
0: felt, people with children don't want to hear about the boogeyman? Oh, yeah, I've seen it in my own life. The moment someone has a kid, it's like, nah, I'm going to shelve anything that's that horrible to think about. And I don't have a kid. Sam doesn't have any kids he knows about. And so... Full on, we see the world. I pull through out, bro. Yeah. Through a whole different perspective. Cheers. We can see the world <laughs> like just as single guys that can see it a little less filtered, you know. When you have someone that you need to care for, you wanna believe that it's not all going to shit. You know?
3: Right. But there is you know, you can come out on the other side of a study of false flags if you really get into it and feel safer in a way because you realize there's a lot less chaos out there. It's actually very controlled. And that a lot of it that happens is not just a lone gunman situation where you need to be fearful every time you go out. A lot of it's fabricated and is cooked up in the deep state. And a lot of it supports the official narrative conveniently. And the elite never seem to be the actual targets of these attacks, even though they're the ones who are putting the pressure on everybody's lives. So I think you can actually come out of it and be like, whoa, you know, maybe I don't need to live in fear because... I'm not going to get randomly car bombed by a Muslim this Thursday at the farmers market. I, I don't know. I think that's maybe the positive aspect to really. That's really about what what's I think on. it
1: is too. I think it's much, it's much easier to accept that there's actually knowing who is doing it and why they're doing it, than to think that you could be just anywhere, anytime, and some chaos is going to break out. Because I just don't think, on a, on a, on a human level, that people will do that. And why they will act like that. And mm. just to know that it's actually being orchestrated is, is a very interesting thing. And, and, and somewhat freeing. And I think that's also something that people are afraid to come to grips with. That maybe the boogeyman is us. And that this official narrative that we have been drilled into us since elementary school. Just drilled. Trust your leaders. your Leaders love America. Love America. If, people don't love, if they don't love America, they hate freedom. And all this stuff. It's just this brainwashing that's going on. Mm -hmm. that you know that to find out that's all a lie like there's this whole thing that like a study's been done that children boys when when men are boys they're very heavily medicated why because they get them to sit down in their classes women Mm -hmm. are heavily medicated later in life (laughs) and my opinion is is because of all the bullshit they're told they come to grips with it's not true and it's Mm -hmm. hard for them. To come to grips with that, like that there's no shining fucking there's no knight in shining armor going to come and save everything, you know, just a whole bunch of things that they believe in that aren't necessarily 100 percent true. And they have to numb it from dealing with this actual reality that they're coming into. Yeah, I mean, I can see your points. So let's get into this. Uh, 9-11. We didn't want to do a regular 9-11 show. Because no. we feel like it's been done a couple times, and if you are listening to this, you probably ha- are like us that it, it, it's a, it could be an inside job, or at the least, I think it is is a chaperone job that mm-hmm. that the government chaperoned the situation uh, to uh, allow it to be executed. In my opinion. And mm-hmm. so we want to get into some other stuff. And one thing we want to start with, and then we'll get into the actual some of the things that maybe not everybody knows about. But one thing we wanted to talk about about 9-11 was uh, a little thing called precognitive art. Greg, uh, are, you, are you familiar with this?
3: Yeah, it is a creepy realm for sure. Lots of examples in 9-11. Maybe the, the best case for this kind of weird thing.
0: Yeah, uh, I've wanted to start with a quote from a Swiss psychiatrist and the father of psychoanalysis, uh, Carl Jung. Uh, he said, "All art intuitively apprehends coming changes in the collective unconscious." And so, in my mind, when I started telling Sam about this, I was artists being closer to in the stream of consciousness. They can see the ripples coming down the way, and an event like 9/11 is so massive. That it has affected our lives moving forward, but artists picked up on the signal Well, let's, let's get into what that means.
1: Basically, <laughs> an event, right? 9-11 happens. It's so humongous.
3: It's very so, emotional.
1: Very emotional, traumatizing, that the notion is that it, it both has a ripple effect to the future and the past. That's how powerful it is.
0: Yeah, a pebble right. in the pond of time moving in all dimensions and all directions. And Which if, is
1: a very interesting thing because if you think about it, it might explain why there is so much art about nine eleven well before nine eleven. And that's that, true. And that instead of it being even though we do believe it's an inside job and in the fact that it was orchestrated, that maybe not all these people were in on it and in fact it just was this ripple effect from the, the event
0: itself. Yeah, the subconscious mind turning into the universal unknown. It's like a SOS signal. Like, this shit's coming. Like, let's, and artists just don't even know. They're just making art, whether it's photography, sculpture, painting. Uh, I go online, and I was like, I know I've seen a couple pieces. And I was surprised on how much popped up that had imagery that depicted the events that took place that day. And one of the first ones I know majority of people listen to us, but if you do check it out on YouTube, you could see one of the first ones I saw was a Pakistani travel guide photo from 1979, and it's the, the twin towers, and there's the shadow of like a, a plane that looks like it's basically going directly into the towers. Mm. Now, now,
1: Greg, let me ask you something. Like, do you sure. believe? Like, is it that hard to believe that maybe people who know the towers that there would be art? that there that there would be art that symbolizes a plane flying into it, into those two
3: buildings? It's creepy to me. I mean, I was looking at this stuff, too, because I knew we were going to talk about predictive art. And there's so many movies where you can just see the Twin Towers in a movie poster on fire or smoking. I mean, even Die Hard would be just an example of that. And yeah. they are such en- enigmatic buildings. They are so huge in the New York skyline that – it's not completely unusual that some action movies would have that symbolism in there, that that would be something that they would look at. Because cinematically, it's impactful. And so there's got to be an element of coincidence in, in a little of that. But when you throw in planes actually hitting the buildings, I mean, now it's like when do you draw the line between coincidence and some seriously predictive art? The Rugrats movie is a weird one. It has a plane coming in right at that angle as the planes came in. The Simpsons is a weird one. Really,
1: the Rugrats
3: did. (laughs) Yeah, Bart. uh, Bart holds up on the Simpsons a newspaper cover or a magazine cover, and it says 9/11 with the twin towers on it. Uh, Another really creepy one is a Supertramp album. Yes, we have that image. Says like 9/11 in the. You know, it creates 9/11 in its title, and it shows the towers from the inside of a plane. Like that's the view from the cameras from the inside of a plane. And that that's a weird one too. It's like some of this is too on the nose. In 1994, Beavis and Butthead were in Vice magazine and there's a, a scene of them flying planes around the Twin Towers with turbans on their head. I mean, that's pretty on point. I remember that
1: one. That was that was weird. That is incredible. Like the energy is so strong from this event, it goes back in time.
3: Yeah, that's the super, one theory.
0: The Supertramp one you're talking about, it's the Twin Towers, and it says Super Tramp. It's on their album, uh, the 1979 album. And the P and the U, if you look in reverse.
3: Because the building
1: image, cuts off the bottom of the U, so now it looks like two. Yeah, in reverse it says nine eleven. <laughs> Unbelievable.
3: <it>. Right.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> and there's like, like, shit happens. There's coincidence. But it's like the odds on that happening in that picture. And those two buildings, and then those two. That number and then that letter.
0: Totally. Too, it's unbelievable. In nineteen eighty three it's a book cover for it's an actual like a Spanish American book by a guy named Jose Borja and it's called Así Sufura, Latina America. I mean, that's my butchering of the Spanish language. And it's literally the Twin Towers and one of the towers is already falling on fire. And people are just falling out of it. It's and that's nineteen eighty three. So yeah. we're like moving forward in time. Uh, the next one cuz we're going to blast through this cuz we have i mean it's such a topic to go over is the 1988 Microsoft Flight Simulator and it shows yeah. the twin towers in the background and airplane cruising it, it it is it's very weird how this iconic image
3: of planes and the tower and and one more thing about Microsoft to jump in here is if you know about the wingdings font one if you put q33 space n y which is apparently uh the call letters for the first plane in some regard. Obviously, there's different layers to how things are numbered. But if you put that in and you change the font to Wingdings, which is that symbol font, it shows a plane, two towers, a skull and crossbones, and a Star of David. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Whoa. Dude, you just blew my <laughs> mind, homeboy. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. Where do you do that on? Uh, tel- uh, uh, on? On any Microsoft Word document, there'll be a font called Wingdings. You know, most of us in the 90s when we were young, we'd mess around with it because oh, yeah. it was symbols. And uh, if you put Q33 Shut NY... The fuck up. It comes back with the Q as a plane, the 33 are two towers, and then NY is a skull and crossbones and a Star David.
1: Oh my God, the dancing Israelis.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's Aaron! Weird. It's like, is, is it just... Something coincidence?
1: from the collective unconscious? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, dude, I'm speechless right now.
3: That is a trippy one. Fucking what? Steve Ballmer, part of the committee
0: of 300. He might know something. There's the video game from uh, 1992. It's a Super Nintendo video game called Aerobiz, and it's this businessman sitting inside the the Twin Tower, and there's an airplane, like, way too close to his window. Oh, like, dude, there's just
1: there's more than just that, man. There's been a couple video games where this is, like, Really crazy. Um, the one that was dead on was uh, Master Weapons. Hmm. Came out in 1989, and the opening sequence is that the video game takes place in September 11th, 1990 X. Huh? Like, like, the, and that involves flying planes into the World Trade Center.
0: Yeah, yeah that is crazy.
1: Like, dude, I mean, like, just think of that. Like, of all the events in the world, right, that you could say happens, right, it's that event on that date, 10 years earlier.
3: Yeah. Well, then there's other things, too, to keep in mind, like 9 and 11 are very esoteric numbers, and a lot of these occultists, and when you get really down in there, they do like their symbolism around numbers, and they like to repeat numbers, and... There's some kind of magic they're trying to do, but I don't think all of these examples fall into that category. I do think that the Jungian explanation is the best explanation for a lot of it, but there are other researchers who think it comes down to karma, that if the elite tell us what they do before yes. they do it, that they are karma-free universally, or that it muddies our karma because we got a warning and we didn't act, and I think that's flimsy logic. I've heard people explain it in a really convincing way when i get away from those people and think about it later i'm like i just don't know because who who decides if we were told enough about something when it's going to be this layered but then you got when microsoft is involved in a couple of these examples i don't know sometimes it's just it's just tough i mean the wachowskis have a strange history and uh-huh. a, you know they've they were the ones who made uh, the matrix and so that's the best example is neo's passport expires yeah. on 9/11 2001 specifically you know, that's that movie symbolically for his passport to the Matrix, his passport to reality expires on nine eleven, two thousand one, and then it's a post nine eleven world. The world was forever changed then. And oh, it was yeah. an alchemical act. So to put that in there specifically, it is crazy.
0: That is nuts. I, I that when I saw that one I mean it was just a split second his documents displayed out on the table when he was being interviewed, you know, after being abducted by the uh, the agents. It's so crazy that someone noticed that, that Mhm. someone just took time
1: and went through that
0: thing. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. Have you ever heard of the uh, 1995 card game called Illuminati?
3: Yeah, the Illuminati card game on on so many of their cards have been predictive with certain events including the Boston bombing and other ones, but The two cards that show a Pentagon bombing, it's like right off of the news. It's like someone drew a cartoon sketch of the image we all saw in the news of the Pentagon smoking. And then they have the other card, terrorist nuke, and it's the Twin Towers with the bomb going off right where the plane hit on the towers, right at that same ratio up the plane. And it's crazy. But... All these predictive art examples are really interesting, but I guess one other thing I would say about the idea that some of it is intentional is George Bush Sr., he gave his famous NWO speech, the the speech where he publicly said, New World Order, every conspiracy theorist knows it. That was given 10 years to the day of 9-11. Unbelievable. And now his son's the president after they stole an election and they usher in 9-11. So there is a little bit of, rhyme to this you know that they they, there is a little intention to these synchronicities but to what degree it's hard to say i think both things are in play
1: look at i mean look at that the prediction is look at the cards it's pretty fucking amazing yeah the one thing that's really amazing is like and ryan brought this up yesterday Is like the artwork on the dollar
3: bills like oh yeah the 20 you can fold it to make it look exactly like the smoking how crazy is that both, and that's the dollar is all full of all alchemical signs and symbols. So to be able to twist that to me is even spookier.
1: I mean, it's a ama- I mean, like, wow. When did they come up with that dollar? Like, and to be able to fold it like that. And, and you it know, to- the
3: five dollar bill can be folded to make it look just like a gray alien. What? Yeah, you gotta look up pictures. It's you gotta see <laughs> these things to believe them. But. They're interesting.
0: you got to definitely check it
3: out. And uh, also the 20 can be folded a different way to show the Pentagon, right? Yes. you got to look at it back to back. There's
0: the Pentagon.
1: There's the World Trade Center. And then they said they found a new one that looked like somewhere in New York City, another place. That hasn't happened yet.
3: Shit. There's a lot of uh, YouTube videos out there that are showing the symbolism around the Hoover Dam. And there is some esoteric stuff going on with all the little posters and things they put up at the, at the Hoover Dam. And that is another thing that has been in a lot of movies and a lot of media has oh, been attacks shit. or bombs at the Hoover Dam. So that is one to think about as a potential next 9-11 just because we've seen similar predictive art. There's just not an event to tie it to yet.
1: The who, you think the Hoover Dam?
3: It's possible. I mean, it's obviously just one of dozens of major landmarks and you could name any one of them and say it's possible. But if you look at the predictive art that's very parallel to the things we see with 9/11, you can watch YouTube videos about Hoover Dam conspiracy, occult, esoteric stuff and it's just like we don't we don't have the real world event to peg it to, but a lot of the stuff is right there. It's the same. Oh
1: man, that would suck.
0: Now to bring it on home, um basically one of the ones that really got my attention we could talk all about the art before in 1999 Michael Richards same as Kramer but he's a black artist from New York he's a sculptor and he made this sculpture of himself he casted himself his own body and he portrayed himself as Saint Sebastian and Saint Sebastian is notoriously depicted as a martyr that has arrows in his body tied up to usually like a column or something and uh he made himself into a bronze statue, and there was planes crashing into his body. And the very interesting thing about Michael Richards is that his studio was on the 92nd floor of the North Tower, and the planes crashed in to the 94th floor, killing him instantly. I mean,
1: dude, what kind of uh, artist can afford a studio at the World Trade Center? I mean, you're <laughs>
0: killing it. Is that? I mean, if that one doesn't does make you think like what the hell? Like he for he portrayed himself with planes crashing into his body. Yeah, he died because a plane crashed direct two floors above him, and he did not. He was killed instantly, and his fans and his friends, as a memorial after he died, this is when they discovered his work and they like realized, holy shit! Like that is so crazy, dude. So I mean, that is that is crazy. I mean to end it with the young uh, Carl Jung said he who looks outside dreams he who looks inside awakens.
3: I damn didn't.
0: damn dog. So, I mean <laughs> damn. And, and I mean the, the whole thing is so weird how like I was telling Sam everyone remembers where they were on 9/11 if you Absolutely. were in the
3: Where were like, you Greg? I was in the cafeteria. we got called in and we knew something was up, and one of my best friends was not at school that day and we didn't have cell phones yet, and we had already been through one student death and this is, like this is how it rolled out exactly and so I was a little bit concerned and then they were like, planes hit towers in New York and I was like, "Wow, that was way different from what I thought you were <laughs> yeah. gonna say, but um that still sucks. I mean we're in Missouri, none of us it was just, it's like another world, New York yeah, City.
1: Yeah, right. It's like, you know, the the United States should be like five different countries. <laughs> really, it is. It's <laughs> like, you have the West, you have the South, you have the West, you have the South, you have the Midwest, you have the Northeast, and probably you could make Texas its own like, you know, its own state.
0: Uh, where were you, Ryan? I remember I was, um, I used to hang out with like a group of different like uh, super stoners and... Uh, I saw the planes hit, and then I was like, i got to get out of here. And I went over to my metalhead buddy's house, and they're all there, and I'm walking up the driveway, and I just hear this music, like gnarly, like heavy sound. And uh, they have the music turned down, or the sound turned down on the TV, and they're watching the towers fall. And they're like, I'm like, what is this? They're like, it just dropped today, because 9-11 was on a Tuesday, and that's when albums came out. And it was the Slayer album, God Hates Us All. Whoa and unbelievable there there's lyrics in the song disciple that I distinctly remember and it's talking about terrorist acts of like suicide and all this shit and these guys were like just blazing up and like one dude just pulled out an ounce and was like we're gonna just get stoned to like our gills because we're going in this is the soundtrack to the apocalypse yeah Uh, I, I was like I gotta get the fuck out of here I mean it's one of those things you will never forget where you were I mean, I get it. People remember where they were for the moon landing. Where were you,
1: Sam? Yeah. I was uh, actually, because I'm a little older than you guys, I was working at the Standard Hotel. And I oh. walked in, and they're like, did you hear what happened? I go, N- no. And they're like, planes hit the building. And I remember, like, I kept working the shift. I'm like, why don't I just go home? Why am I sitting here at this fucking job that I hate? Why, you know, this my country gets to... And it was just... I mean, just think about how much stuff had changed. And we have some videos uh, we're going to get into um, with Donald Rumsfeld. But, you know, there's a video of the day before
0: 9-11. More importantly, so now January uh, 11th. January 11th, 2001. And -hmm. uh, that was a defense secretary nomination hearing. And in it is when... They are They're basically uh, Or is it the C-SPAN one Yeah here it is So yeah Here we're going to play a little song We're going to
1: play a little This is Senator Byrd Who later came out to be One of the heads of the Klan In his earlier days But we all make mistakes
0: And So yeah January 11th 2001 So this is Months and months ahead of time This is Okay here it goes
2: An increase in the Pentagon budget In the face of the department's Recent inspector general's report how can we seriously consider a $50 billion increase in the defense budget, budget when DOD's own auditors, when DOD's own auditors say the department cannot account for $2.3 trillion in transactions in one year alone? It is... Uh, this is
1: Donald Rumsfeld.
2: I was going to say terrifying... It is, it is such a monumental task. I, I have met with two former officials of the Pentagon who served in the budget and controller and those areas. And I've mused over the fact that I've read some of these things and asked what they thought.
1: So, so basically, yeah, he, he mused over it. What an interesting word.
0: $2.3 trillion in one year. In a year, like, in a year, I get bummed if I lose like five a ten dollar bill. And <laughs> could you imagine
1: in a year? So that was uh, that was what January he gives a speech. Okay, this is him. Now this is the most interesting one for sure. Yeah, this is September tenth. This is the day before September eleventh. This is September tenth, and this is a speech that he gives about spending at the Pentagon. And here's a very interesting little part of that.
2: To wage an all-out campaign to shift Pentagon's resources from bureaucracy to the battlefield from tail to the tooth. We know the adversary, we know the threat, and with the same firmness of purpose that any effort against a determined adversary demands, we must get at it and stay at it. Some might ask, how in the world could the Secretary of Defense attack the Pentagon in front of its people? To them I reply, I have no desire to attack the Pentagon. I want to liberate it. We need to save it from itself. The men and women of this department...
1: Yeah, they want to liberate the Pentagon.
0: Attack the Pentagon. The
1: yeah. day before. The day before.
3: That's weird, man. It's so weird. It's so-
0: I mean, what, $2.3 trillion. In one year, so how many... That's fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, so now this is like, hey, dude, we're going to start investigating this. The next day, planes hit. Where did they hit, Ryan?
0: They go into Tower 7. Well, well they the first
1: up- one, they, they, the, the one that is obvious is the, the Pentagon. Yeah, we hit They the hit Pentagon. the Pentagon. We Where hit- did they hit the Pentagon?
0: It was the accounting department of the Pentagon. The, it's very specific, <laughs> Right. You got five sides. They chose the correct one.
1: And let's remember this, that these are this is a flight, a plane flown by guys who never practice flying or excuse me, landing. And,
3: and in the Pentagon's case, it doesn't seem like it was an actual plane, too, just because of the wreckage in the aftermath. It does seem like more like a missile was used in that case. Well, you
0: we, we mean like engines just vaporize, but luggage stay behind That That's normal, right? Passports. <laughs> are just all over the
1: place. Now, no giant wings. Yeah, no wings, no, nothing on the ground, nothing. And then they, and it's so funny when you talk to people who refuse to believe that it might be anything else, other than a plane. They always slow down the video, and you could just see what looks like a little like, almost like a tail of something. But it's so small, there's no way it's a plane.
0: And in all these events, one of the things, the themes that always happens is that the CCTV footage goes down. And like mm-hmm. we have, so right around that same time when you would see many different angles, uh we only have this one angle to choose from. And for a plane to hit that Pentagon, everything would have to be just
1: destroyed in terms of like like trees, power lines, all this stuff that should should be gone because this plane flew flew right through Did you see when they moved the shuttle into the museum it did? They had to chop down all these
0: old trees. <laughs> yeah. Mm. To get it to the to get it to the museum now, and here's a quote from uh, Major General Albert Stubblebine: "I saw a missile hitting the Pentagon, not a plane. All of the sensors were turned off that day. No one apparently did not turn off, and it shows the object hits the Pentagon. It did not look like an airplane. At each floor, successive puffs of smoke are seen on the way down. Those puffs are." Controlled demolitions. The collapse of the Twin Towers was caused by a controlled demolition. This is a major general in the fucking, in the military saying this.
1: Now, everybody knows about the two towers. That's obvious, right? I'm talking about the Lord of the Rings? Yes. Okay. okay. And now, World Trade Center Building 7. Now, what is in... There's always this... There's always this. What was in World? You know, some people thought the uh, Nazis' gold was in World Seven, Black uh, Eagle in, Gold, in Building Seven. Uh, but you have, you found that there's something else in Building Seven.
0: Well, a hundred percent. What I like is facts in these situations because we can <laughs> like think this happened, that happened, but a hundred percent fact is that the office is inside Tower Seven, Building Seven was the IRS, the United States Secret Service, the Department of Defense, the CIA, and the exchange commissions. I mean, if you want to talk about covering all your bases, let's take out the accounting side of things, and then let's definitely make sure that we don't have any paper trail.
1: So, oh. Rumfeld has this uh, press conference saying they're going to start investigating it, and they're going to start looking into all this stuff, and the next day... All the information where they can find out where all this stuff has gone is just you get rid of the first look, Area 1, which is the Pentagon. And then you get rid of the second place, which is Building 7.
0: And uh, so, yeah, everyone. And if you have listened to any type of conspiracy theory podcast or you're into the fringe, you know that's something weird. It went down. It doesn't seem to have gone down at the correct speed. But what's really interesting is that. Any hope, any thoughts? Uh, Any thoughts,
3: Greg? I'm building seven. Well, I just think that exactly what Ryan's saying is true. Like, that's what you should look for is, is there a motivation here? Does this have anything to do with potentially covering up that paper trail? And you find that absolutely those are key areas to take out after you you make this kind of announcement. I actually find it kind of mind-blowing that they would even make the announcement before this was happening or just even at all because I'm sure money goes missing all the time and they don't stand up on a podium and tell us about it. So there's something real strange about I
1: the exact same thing. And then we go back to what you were just talking about, how they put out little clues and it's on us. If we don't discover it, is it right. possible that could be that that's, that's the only explanation is that they're such psychopaths. They want to, they want to put out clues. They want mm-hmm. people to know.
3: That's the other reason why they could do clues is they just are that egotistical and that maniacal. I mean, look at serial killers, man. Serial
1: killers love to leave clues. They love to taunt people. They love to let people know, hey, dude, I'm telling you who I am and you can't even find me. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize this, you know, when you get in the pedo gate and all this other stuff. I mean, You're dealing with guys. I mean, you always heard Michael Jordan was the most competitive person they've ever met. And that's just playing basketball. You know, I mean, war is the ultimate sport. It's the ultimate sporting event. And if you're in charge of one of those teams, what kind of psychopath do you have to be to be able to do the things you got to do?
3: Right. It's nuts to me that people just think that everything that happens in government and politics and war and military, it's all just on the up and up. Like every official story is just what it is. Like, are you nuts? You don't think you've been fooled, ever, ever manipulated? Like, if, if it wasn't 9-11, when was it? And, and it, the whole thing is that they know politicians lie, yet they, they seem to defend them
1: with this kind of ferocity that's just unbelievable. You know right. they're, they lie. They lie all the time. We elect them knowing they're lying. And Rumsfeld talks about this bureaucracy that's tr- that loses $2.3 trillion. Dude, you're directly a part of that. You've been in the you've been in the government. We were doing who's he working for? Eisenhower.
0: Oh, Bird, Bird, the guy that was questioning. Oh, Bird he was well, the I last that was- senator that was under Eisenhower. And Eisenhower's claim, famous speech at the end was the military-industrial complex. I mean, it's this guy's
1: worked with everybody.
0: Nixon, him, and Cheney have worked with everybody since Nixon. Right. So here's here's the timeline on September 11th. a.m., U.S. Airlines Flight 175 slammed into the South Tower. One minute later, 9.04 a.m., World Trade Center 6 suffered an internal explosion that left a crater in the center of the building, which went all the way down to the lowest basement level.
3: So you didn't know about Building 6, right? Well... I know from Judy Wood's work that about six or seven buildings fell that day, but I haven't isolated any of them beyond the Twin Towers and Building 7. This so is no, great. Specifics, I haven't heard all that much about ones beyond. I've
1: stumped the master.
3: The, that is awesome. Yeah.
1: I've stumped uh-huh. This It's like when I got Doug Benson on movie trivia, and <laughs> I, he didn't know the answer to a movie trivia, and I was like, yeah, that's on my Wikipedia, so this might make it too. Um, so I, so I'm gotta, on, I'm real quick, I'm on i'm on uh your mom's house which is a very popular podcast and yeah. i bring up building six and they you know they put it out and ryan's listening to it and he's like sam why'd you say building six it's building seven and i'm like that's what i thought yeah you said the exact same thing i'm like no dude Look into Building 6.
0: They made a meme of you. Yeah. Your your, arms are out and you look like- (laughs) They
1: call me Crazy Eddie Bravo because I'm bringing (laughs) up Building 6. Everyone thinks I'm not. But it's actually Uh, Building 6 and Building 5, but Building 6 is the big
0: one. Mm -hmm. What's interesting, so WTC 6 was an eight-story building with almost all offices being federal government agencies, just a few of them, U.S. Department of Agriculture- the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, U.S. Department of Commerce, U.S. Department of Labor, also the export-import bank of the U.S. Mm-hmm. It also housed, more importantly than all those, the U.S. Customs. And in the basement was the vault. And when authorities got to the vault, it was empty, and the giant reinforced steel door was wide open. We're talking, like, Die Hard with a vengeance mode. That's just crazy, dude. And here's the thing, like... Uh, Ryan, I know, uh, I know
1: you, uh, Ryan. Jeez, now I'm, I'm calling you Aaron. I'm calling him fucking Ryan. Uh, Aaron, like you might not know this, dude, but uh, Building 6, we have a picture right here of it. Can you see it? That's actually the top of Building 6. Look at the giant hole in the middle of it. Like a giant hole. And here's the thing about this hole. It's
0: not just a hole. It is an eight-floor deep hole. Into the sub basements even more. Into the sub basements. There's CNN footage that captured the mystery plume seem rising before the South Tower even collapsed. So to say that this is caused because of the collapsing of the towers and debris. Now this like one minute later and everyone got evacuated from that building. No one perished in it.
3: Yeah. And I saw one other interesting thing about it in terms of the offices and things that were in that building. Because uh, when you mentioned this, I just had to go look it up. And one thing I saw from Clyde Lewis, who is another great radio host in this genre, he wrote a piece, he wrote a piece up and he talked about the El Dorado Task Force yep. was set in that building. And they were responsible for coordinating all major money laundering investigations in the U.S. Oh. So this is a task force who would be looking into this missing money. And then in the immediate aftermath of 9-11... These groups were, coincidentally, redirected to investigate terrorist financing, not government deep state financing.
0: Yeah, it was an interagency money laundering group from 55 agencies created in 1992. And if you're talking about covering all bases, you blow up the place that Holy also can't investigate shit, you.
3: dude. Yeah. Right. That so they didn't just hit, like, a gymnasium or something random. These are all specifically offices that would be involved. It's all record destruction and... You know, taking a group like the El Dorado Task Force and rerouting them, bait and switching them over to something completely different. Smoke and mirrors all the way.
0: And this is why Building 6 is important.
3: Wow! That is, I'm I'm
0: speechless.
3: And Ryan, I'm sure you saw this too, but another thing Clyde had said is that people were wondering, like, well, why did Building 6 blow up? Of course, they have this big coordinated attack. Well, I guess his suggestion was that Flight 93 was probably supposed to hit that building, but it got it got taken out and it dropped in a field somewhere, and so the bomb went off as planned right you know right when that moment would have been, but the plane never made it there to justify that explosion. And that's that's a particular theory, but I thought that was interesting.
1: I think that's interesting as shit. Like that plane hits those two other buildings, but they're like fuck it, we got to take it down anyways blow it up.
0: That's crazy. Right.
1: And you know, what's interesting is that, you know, there's that famous footage of the, the uh, BBC reporter talking about tower seven down before it actually went down. Right.
3: (laughs) Yeah. There's way too many problems with it to just eat the official story. I mean, we can tend to nitpick about the details on exactly what it was that took them down and how it happened. Was it nano thermite? Was it mini nukes? But functionally, you know what you need to know. This was a false flag. It doesn't really matter what color paint the paint was that the thermite was put in or whatever you want to debate. It doesn't those details don't matter as much. I mean they help us determine what happened and who did it, but what matters is it was done and it, it was not legitimate. Well, you
1: know, you know a, a big thing too is and I'm sure you know this is like the security the security the security company in charge of of the World Trade Centers was a Bush family member who was also in charge of security at the Oklahoma City bombing uh, the Oklahoma uh, federal building mm. very inter- I, I don't know how this guy ever gets any work again if everywhere he he protects gets blown up but it's right. such an interesting thing because have you ever heard of the dancing israelis
3: yeah yeah
1: what are your thoughts on that
3: I mean I saw the video, of course it is, for people who haven't seen it, it's supposed to be some students that are from Israel that are on a building like celebrating the attacks. And I just don't, I really don't know what to make of it. To me it's almost too far removed to consider it as like firsthand evidence, I don't know. Maybe they really were celebrating the attack. Maybe obviously Mossad is a huge candidate for someone who would have been involved in this coordination. But I don't know what to make of it. What are your thoughts? Well,
1: you know, it's also that it wasn't just that they, they, were, they were dancing and singing. They actually, later on, this woman said she, she the, the plane's hit. She's this old lady. She's in her thing. She gets out her, her uh, binoculars, right? And she's going to watch it, and she, she lowers it down. She sees a group of guys near, uh, near a Van high-fiving each other. Mm-hmm. And she thought that was very weird. So she calls the cops, right? They put out that this is in freak mode. The, you know, the whole New York City area, New Jersey area is in giant freak mode. So they put an APB out for this van and this van is driving along and this cop sees them. They're like, that looks like the van. They pull the van over and they open the van door and it has enough explosives in it to blow up anything. It's pa- the van is packed with explosives.
3: Oh, okay. Now that I didn't know. That's an important detail. Dude,
1: boom, two in a row. <laughs> Dude, anytime you need a little knowledge, you call me up, Greg. I yeah, got man. I got fucking I got I got info bud. I'm 411. So it's <laughs> you full of like it's full of explosives. Yeah. So, you know, they pull them over and these guys are like, "Hey, we're on your side. We're we're with you guys." They're like, "Well, that van doesn't say that." So they they arrest them. Uh, And then they, they, you know, it comes up, you know, they, they were saying they were just uh, uh, art students. Well, it turns out they were probably part of Mossad.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And if people don't know who Mossad is, they are the uh, the Israeli version of the CIA. And they get sent back after 10 months. They get sent back to Israel and they appear on an Israeli talk show like yeah. like what looks like their Oprah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the guy is interviewing them. And this one guy says that they were there to observe the event, which is an interesting statement, right? That is, you know, like, (laughs) are you, you're there to observe it. That means you knew it was coming. Yeah. So there's
3: all that stuff too, about flying the Bin Laden family out of America, all kinds of weird stuff, but the Bushes and the Bin Ladens, they've worked together before.
1: Well, that's my whole theory. Like, you know, within the conspira- conspiracy world, there's a lot of anti-Semitism. And it drives me kind of crazy because I don't believe it's the Jews or anything like that. I think it's power elitists who, who practice dark arts. Then, it, you know, the CIA, Mossad, the royal family, the Saudi royals, the, the Rockefellers, you know, non-Jewish, uh, Mossad is, but non-Jewish entities. And that it's at this high level of like money and power and psychopaths and mm-hmm. that they they use these these religions as a cloak to walk amongst us. So people don't fucking freak out at everything.
3: Right. Well, because of World War Two, we have this Jews versus Germans paradigm. But if you look at a lot of the power elite, they are German Jews. So they are both. And it's not any different than Democrats or Republicans, really. It's like. They they want us to debate. They want us to fight over who's in charge. And if we just name the individual names, then we can't, you know, get lost. If we just say Rockefeller and Rothschild, they are Jews. They are German. So uh, the Rockefellers I mean, are
1: Protestants, I thought. I, I've researched that. They're Protestants. And the royal families are basically Catholics who started their own British uh, British, uh, Catholicism, I think it's called, or British Christianity, one or the other.
3: That's fair. I mean, religion is a hard thing to pin down, especially if someone wants to be coy about it. But at least their German heritage, that region of the world is where a lot of these families are from. You get into Project Paperclip, and it was the Nazi apparatus that was brought into the American deep state. So there's a lot of people screaming about Jews and no one really screaming about Now there's people screaming about Nazis, but not in this context, not these type of Nazis. They're talking about word police out there. When you got real deep state people, eugenicists who are running big pharma, big agro. I definitely think that's a more German influence, but I think it's the banking that would maybe be a a Jewish power center. But I do think it's Game of Thrones. I mean, there's all kinds of power centers. There's not just one, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think the anti-Semitism is used to... Uh, scare people off from talking about it. Yeah, and I that's-
3: think there's only
0: one religion, and that's, that's money and power. There's only three <laughs> currencies, and it's oil, gold, and drugs.
1: Well, you know, I mean, that's my whole theory on, like, I say it all the time. It's like why Hollywood will never change because the people actually own all the television stations and all the movie studios. The money they make off movies doesn't nearly compare to the money that they make off of war oil and and pharmaceuticals so those are the mm-hmm. big ones that's where that's the that's their money it's like uh billionaires who owned who own football and basketball and baseball teams right like yeah those are make millions of dollars collectively make billions these guys make more money off of other things that mm-hmm. th- th- that the pro sports are just a side thing to them
0: totally that right. they
1: just enjoy and that's my opinion on on television and and, and, and movies why you'll never see a change to that. if you you know why it's that they use those things to get people to what Greg was talking about, talk and fights amongst each other, you know, to use uh, uh, our race, our, cre- our religion, our sexualities against each other. So we don't really focus on what's going on. They use them for, in my opinion, misinformation more mm-hmm. than any than entertaining. It is a it is a vehicle and a medium for them to be able to to uh, control the message. So true. Right.
3: I mean, you got the right wing freaking out about Mexicans. You got Black Lives Matter freaking out about white people. You got conspiracy theorists worried about the Jews and the radical left. I think they're making the same mistake that conspiracy theorists would make if they're using too broad of a term like Jews on the left right now. They're mad at the system. They're mad at the empire, but they're just basically chalking it up to white males. Yes. And that's the same kind of thing. It's like, no, you need to really narrow that scope because I didn't do shit. Dude, I'm trying to find where I can buy white
1: privilege. I'd love a little (laughs) white privilege. A little bit, man. (laughs) <laughs> Hook a brother up Is it an app What do I gotta do To get this white privilege Dude I've been pulled over 20 times In Los oh, Angeles yeah. Some might say It's my driving
0: uh, yeah. Nobody likes my driving if, okay. if You might see Sam In the next Fast and the Furious It'll be like him Versus Vin Diesel I gotta get there Homeboy I gotta get there I
1: personally think It's the shape shifting Lizard people That are causing all this And uh, here's a really Fun thing that uh, Here's a fun clip I don't know if you've Ever heard this Greg, uh, it's Lou Ck asking Donald Rumfeld whether he's oh. a lizard person. Beautiful. Here it is.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, oh, there we go. There we go.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true. Who eat human flesh? I don't know if anybody's ever asked you directly, sir. But are you, are
4: you a lizard? <laughs> <It's>, I don't <laughs> think I, are you a lizard. actually. Can you just please give that a straight answer? <laughs> are you a lizard person? Louis a little, little left leaning. No, sir. I'm not.
2: I'm not.
0: Here's Let him answer, answer. Are you a lizard?
2: Here's the short answer. Yep. I'm in New York City. I walk down the street, people walk up, shake hands, stop me, they want an autograph, He's a I want to get a photograph with me. <laughs> Go to eat last uh-huh. night at dinner, and Joyce and I were sitting there in the little Italian restaurant, <laughs> and, and, and a man came he up might be and said a he'd lizard. like to buy my dinner, He's and a I lizard. yeah. And and it turns out I paid for my dinner. The next thing I know, the waiter comes back and said the man insisted to pay for your dinner, oh, and here's your canceled receipt for me. Oh wow,
1: that's right. See, very nice. there's plenty of people that <laughs> but he, you didn't answer the question. <laughs> he's not going to dignify. Think you're around with the wrong people. He's not going to dignify an answer he, to I, Are you a lizard, he, he Louis? Deflected. Why not? He he tell me he's, no, dude. That is the most ballsy fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. It's so
3: beautiful. It's a perfect situation to be able to do that.
1: Of all the things Louis CK's
3: ever done, that is my favorite thing. Oh, yeah. Well, it's so great. It's on terrestrial radio, so they get these high-level guests. They're just churning them in and out, and it's not Louis' show, so he's allowed to just basically say whatever with no responsibility. Oh, it's just so great that he took advantage of that situation to its fullest extent like that. And he doesn't answer the question, which is really
1: weird, because all you have it to is. do is
3: say is, no, I'm not a lizard person, asshole.
1: Yeah. He won't he won't answer it. It's so weird. And then
3: what? Like you ask a cop, are you a cop before they sell you weed? They have to answer. <laughs> yeah, like everybody thinks that's
1: a real rule. I'm pretty sure they went around that. I'm sure they found a way to get around that. Yeah. You know? And then, like, why asshole's buying the dude who falsified... Uh, evidence to start a war Who who's buying him dinner like why yeah. are you buying this fuckhead dinner hmm so interesting dude mm-hmm. so interesting
0: Greg do you think we're ever gonna find get a straight answer down the road in our
3: lifetime of oh. what really happened oh, yeah. that yeah
1: it will be when everybody involved sorry you go on Greg <laughs> then I'll put my no, I mean
3: I think for some of us we already have a pretty good idea like I feel like I know what I need to know to be comfortable if I never learn more but we have learned about things like Operation Northwoods. That was the proposed thing with JFK. We learned about the Gulf of Tonkin incident. So things do come out in time. So I'm hopeful that we will learn exactly what happened and how it happened and exactly who to hold accountable. But functionally, for my worldview, I pretty much am comfortable with not getting those answers because I just I don't want to be too optimistic.
1: uh. Do you think anything will ever change
3: or are we just
1: going to ride this out to the big mushroom cloud?
3: Yeah, I don't I don't think anything will change. And maybe that's a cynical view. But I feel like I've evolved a little bit from a dude who wanted to go protesting in the streets and change the whole system very idealistically. I think I've kind of come around to a lot of people think, oh, the world's going to be a perfect utopia as soon as we just do things my way. And I don't, I don't think anything's going to change. I mean, that's not even the right attitude to go about change. But we do argue about our individual utopias on the Internet. And meanwhile, it's always just power that corrupts and takes advantage of the underclass. And I can't think of a single society in human history in the Western world that's had like a, a government where that hasn't happened. You can look at tribes. You can look at Native American systems and you can look at some little pockets. But those have all been squashed out by the empire. And... The Empire's always been there as far as we know. And I just see it getting stronger until it eventually collapses. And I mean, another one gets born in its wake.
0: So, are we just like, uh, just like, say, maybe three stormtroopers on the uh, Death Star podcasting talking about, like, hey, man, you know, we fucking blew up planets? And, it's, like, yeah, what are you going to so do? It's so
1: weird, right? It's right. so weird. I don't know. I'm, I feel powerless, but maybe I just need to accept that, you know?
0: You've been doing it now, like you said, seven years. Up have you gone through waves? I'm starting to get a pretty big wave of paranoia. Like I, I whenever I leave Sam's place late at night, I'm like, mm. my car is a little newer. I'm wondering if it's just going to navigate itself directly into a palm tree at full speed, you know?
3: <laughs> For the longest time, I've really tried to not have those kind of thoughts. But I mean, a good example would be all summer long, I've had terrible web server issues and have a hell of a time keeping the sites up. And my site hosts say they don't know exactly what's going on. And they've not dealt with problems like this, and I hate that kind of attitude. But you know, they have entire divisions dedicated to crushing dissent, and you know, you gotta be concerned about that. I also think, like
1: you, know, you know, I've talked about this before on the podcast. You know, I was talking with Duncan; he thinks Julian Assange is a CIA asset. You know, and I, you could you could argue that, but he's like, why haven't they just assassinated? him? I I do really believe. That you can't just kill people off. Even the most corrupt, crazy-like people, like they can't just come up and just someone
3: so high-profile, you just can't off them. Because that's where I almost disagree. Because it's actually like, I mean, yeah, they've got guards everywhere, but it takes a split second to get a shot off from a very far distance away. But yet, no one ever takes a shot because it's been be, in there. It's a while I, I just think it's.
1: I just think it—it just—it it turns the light too bright, and the last—and the last thing they want is to the sh- to have people looking into what's really going on.
3: Well, that's true.
1: And if you assassinate this guy, he is—he is. The, he is the, you, people are gonna be like, "Oh, CIA did it," and then they're gonna be on the lookout, and they're gonna be like, "Hey, what else are we gonna find when we start snooping around?" And you draw more people into looking around.
3: And, you know, I personally try to take comfort in the fact that I'm just the host of a show who interviews guests who are doing the primary research. So if these guests are still around to come on my show, then, I mean, what do you, why do you got to kill me? I didn't write the book about it. I didn't expose. Yeah. You know, all I did is walk a guy through the bullet points.
1: Yeah, we say we're the compilation porn of uh, conspiracies. We just <laughs> take the greatest hits and put them together. Boner Jam, right. O2.
3: Boner Jam.
0: Have you ever felt that maybe uh, somewhere along the line, some of your guests might be deep
3: state? Oh, yeah, you kind of have to because it's just like it's obviously something the deep state is doing. They don't just allow the conspiracy world to go untainted. You know, they're regulating it as much as they can. They've got disinformation agents in there and you just kind of have to discern what you think about certain segments of the pie. And if you find researchers who are saying things that are inconsistent in one area or they just seem to be a- adjusting the pieces too much, maybe forcing them a little too much to try to make them fit. And you kind of really are just guessing, I-, I think. I mean, people might come get on me about that. I know they will. But you really it's all outside of what you can verify for the most part.
0: Hell yeah. And uh, I mean, I know we've been going for a while, but I'm just wondering if you can put in a word, you've had three, you've had so many amazing guests over the years, but re- in recent, I don't know, say the year or so, you've had three people that I would love if maybe you just drop our name their way, Nick Redfern, Oli Demigard, and Magnora7. We'd love to <laughs> Skype them in if hey, you can put in a word yeah, for
1: us. That'd be awesome. But I also want to see, I, I was approached by uh, Harvells in Long Beach about doing a live podcast. Uh, mm. any interest? Hell yeah, man. You know, I'm interested. Let's set up a date. We'll do that. We're still talking to all things comedy about our show. That is, I'm still working on that. They just, it, it's, it's coming along. I promise you. And we'll do it from there. But, uh, Greg, man, always a pleasure to talk to you. Sorry about the couple weird moments in the middle there. We were oh. prepping and it just went a little crazy. Does that ever happen on your show? My whole life's a weird moment. Oh, dude, that's so great. <laughs> That's so yeah. great. And yeah, he, It's bye. an
0: honor, Greg. Thank you so much, man. It's so crazy to go from listening to you on headphones to being in the studio and listening to you on headphones. I, I just love talking to you,
3: and you're a great dude, man. Uh, too kind. I'm just happy to even get to dip my toe, even in the very fringest outside edge of the comedy world. Mm-hmm. I, I love it, so I appreciate it, too. Well, Greg, you're the best. We got nothing but mad love for you, and uh, we will talk to you sooner
1: than later, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, guys. Take care, Bob. Peace. All right, uh, so let's uh, let's end it. Dude, sorry I got a little weird in the middle there. We were cooking
0: with such gas. I'm going to get a quick little shout-out. So a, uh, a heavy metal band named Contortion, and if you guys go to their website, com, their new album just dropped. It's called False Flag Paradigm. Buy it, it'll melt your fucking face. And the other one is we had a listener on Instagram sent us some awesome shit. It's... a uh, bortspins.com. Really awesome die-cast metal pins. Make stickers, shirts, hats, patches. It's from Philly. Go check them out on Instagram. It's Borts Patches Actually, Instagram, it's at bortspins on Instagram. We'll make a little contact. They made this really cool. They saw us do the MKUltra episode. They sent us a little MKUltra pin, and we love it, man. So go check them out.
1: Uh, all right. It's time to read your five-star reviews. We got a couple this time, and then we'll get... Uh, or should we do Aaron's thoughts quick because people are dying for they haven't had do you know
0: they've missed you a
4: lot Aaron Uh, I mean I wouldn't know it from your lack of retweets
1: oh Aaron (laughs) I didn't see it I would retweet anything that you put out
4: I was at the Vatican wearing my tinfoil hat shirt just for you guys I can't Uh, believe they let you in when they saw that I know I I was worried so uh, hopefully that will go out to the fans
1: Okay, well I'll, I'll retweet. retweet it. I will yeah. find it and retweet it. And pe- uh,
4: people
0: want a wake up Aaron T-shirt.
4: Yeah, <laughs> or a thoughts dot 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 Aaron T- thoughts t-shirt. Aaron on today's episode thoughts. <laughs> I mean I don't know what went down, and I I think I it's, mean you know what went down, a, you just yeah, don't I mean, know how yeah. it went down. Yeah, I mean, but I I like you guys. I don't know if we'll ever see what what actually happened. You know, you
1: know, yeah. I, if you look at JFK right now, like the assassination of JFK, and I think. That's right up there with 9-11 in terms of traumatizing events. Yeah. We now are just starting to find out everything that really went on, and it's because everybody involved with it is pretty much dead, with the exception of, like, George Bush, who's like – you see that thing during uh, during, uh, whatever – what was the – was it a college football game or a a football game where they had all the presidents, like, saying, like, be strong and help out Houston, and then they had the final one was, like – George Bush Sr., just not looking good, dude. That's a look when you're fighting death because you know hell is waiting and a fucking eternal fisting is coming. (laughs) God damn. Okay, so uh, you're somewhat into it.
4: Yeah, I mean, what the hell. But, you know, I'm not – like, we brought up with Sandy Hook, and it's like no one denies that this happened. Right, the way that they do with Sandy Hook, I think. Right, that's right, right. Because the there's actual difference. footage of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happening. Like, yeah, there's, there's not no act. Sandy Hook. Yeah. But, do you
1: ever see the mom and from Sandy Hook and the mom from Char- Charlottesville?
4: I don't even want to acknowledge that. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> respect. Right. We, respect right. Aaron. we respect that. Yeah, yeah. Time
1: for your five-star reviews, Aaron. Are we ever going to get the timer back?
4: Yeah. Uh, we will at some point. We're gonna upgrade uh, all the software and, and hardware. So yeah. I saw them. They, is that the new system they got in there? No. This is this is still the old. Okay. Well, so, people yeah,
0: Give us five star reviews. We're trying to get to one thousand five star reviews on iTunes. We know you guys listen to us on Laughable, on Stitcher, on Google Play, SoundCloud. But unfortunately, for the sponsors go, they really give a shit about the big old Apple. So iTunes five star reviews. Give it to us.
1: Here we go. Hella dope. Five-star review by Ella Quintus. Sam needs to start using a percentage other than 100%. If he's not feeling it should be 25%. If he's leaning towards something but not quite sure, 85%. Other than that, the podcast is super interesting. Hey, dude, I agree with that.
0: I, I agree 100%. With yeah, that.
1: I say 100% too much. I get it. But, you know, it's all branding. What was that, Sam? Love the podcast. It's always funny and mind-bending. Thank you. The truth is out there. Bath is ter- is bathe in the truth and the light. Your home, okay. Uh, processor spice five star review. Powerful tinfoil hat, Austin Dozer. Great podcast discussing every conspiracy and spiritually waking the soul. Unless you meant flat, flat earth, then you're a tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist. Dinosaurs are not real, nukes are fake news, and the earth is flat. Oh, and trace <laughs> might be mountains not sure. What? Trees? Okay. Oh, and trees might be mountains not sure yet. Uh, we got a lot of work to do, people. Okay, I respect that. Shout out from a shout out, five stars by Spencer Yefabegbe FGBH. Seriously, loving the podcast, the zeal and the upbeat nature of Sam, and with with more measure and well read, well read Ryan combined to make what I think is potentially the best fringe podcast out there. I'm a big fringe. I'm a big fan of a couple other conspiracy podcasts, but nothing hits the spot like Tim
0: Foil hat. Thank you. Uh five, thank you, five star. You want to read them? Yeah. Great fun st- fun stuff. Long live the lizard people. Long live the lizard people. Who's that by? That was by Doug H. And I said, wake up. So you know, just com- please continue. Five star reviews. We love it, man. We need it. It's All gonna right. help us change the game.
1: That's it, man. Those are it, man. That's it. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh it's been fun. Uh we were super excited about doing I'm going to try to get this out so it is out on 911. Um and uh dude we we are so thankful for everything. We're doing a special one tomorrow night
0: at the Comedy Store. We have Rachel Evans and what are we talking about? Ooh, we're going to go into Missing 411. It's uh all the unexplained people that go missing in the national parks. Over 1600 went missing last year alone. Wow. <laughs>
1: Guys, this has been Tim Fall Hat. Thank you for tuning in. We love you very much.